0: If uh if I start sucking my teeth it's cuz I've got jalapeno cashew stuck in them. Mm.
1: I'm sure everyone is excited to hear that. Hi. Hi. Uh, we didn't just record an episode did we? Mm-mm. Okay. All right, welcome to the DC podcast. Yeah. I'm Russell Burger. Mhm. You are
0: Sean DeMars. I want to keep my joke running where I just say yeah, you are Russell Burger and then I don't say anything. It was never funny it's still All right. not funny alright maybe Let's
1: it'll guess. get funny if you keep doing it long enough
0: what are we talking about today man uh we
1: are gonna follow up on our last episode okay so brief review okay What do you, I like Haynes? what, what do you remember <laughs> what, what do you remember from our last episode it was a while ago
0: <laughs> yeah uh I remember that we talked about how we can know what we know we talked about a fancy word epistemology yep you put on your scholar hat and you broke it down you said epi above ology study of no that's not what you did i didn't do that no you basically said hey we have different ways that we can know things and most unbelievers they think that they can ultimately know what's true through their reason or through their sense experience or just through their instincts but christians that's not the way that we know things. That's right. Ultimately.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, our foundation that all our other beliefs are built on is God's revelation. Yeah. It's, it's God and God revealing to us his knowledge, his will, his That's truth right. Right. through general revelation and and more importantly, special revelation, his word. Yeah. Uh, and we, we pointed out that everybody has one of these foundations. Everybody has a, has beliefs that are based on supporting beliefs that are based on more supporting beliefs. And if you keep going down there and peeling back the layers of the onion of knowledge, you're going to hit bedrock. Yeah. And that bedrock is kind of like a lens through which you view everything.
0: Man, two metaphors. Hold on. Let me wrap my mind around rocks. A bedrock is a lens. Okay, go ahead.
1: So if I choose to view the world through the lens of my reasoning is ultimate, that's, yeah. how, that's the arbiter of truth for me. That's how yeah. I can know what's true and what's not true is yeah. my own powers of reasoning. Uh, then everything I experience, everything I learn, everything I hear, everything I read in God's word is gonna be filtered through that lens. Yeah. So you're beginning, we could say, with a very, very heavy bias yeah. in its some direction. And everybody does that.
0: Yeah, inescapable. It's
1: inescapable. So when we go into a conversation with an unbeliever, uh, the assumption out there, we said, is that we're supposed to set our Christian worldview aside, right. our assumption that God's word is the ultimate standard of truth. Yeah. And we're supposed to adopt the world's assumption that reasoning and empiricism and sense experience or feelings, that those are the ultimate standards. Yeah. And then use their method of reasoning or, or their use their epistemic foundation to kind of guide them to God's truth. Yeah. We would say that's wrong. Yeah. We'd say that's dishonoring to God. We would say that ultimately uh, the issue is an issue of the heart. Yeah. And that coming to recognize the God who everyone has evidence of. Yeah. Romans 1. Yeah. uh, As the creator of truth, as the Lord over truth and all creation, as the embodiment of truth, is step one in understanding anything.
0: Yeah. It's not an intellectual pursuit primarily. That's right. Yeah. Pause. Yep. Cause I think I have to sneeze. Okay. Wait, mm. you might have to edit this out. Maybe we'll I don't. I don't plan to. i oh. well, fine. I'll just blow it right in the microphone.
1: Mm. What's going on with you?
0: Allergy attack. Mm. Mm. But you know what, folks? You think they're giving this to you at the Nine Marks pod- podcast? Do you think you think they're gonna give you this raw, real, uncut in what's that guy's name who does apologetics podcasts somewhere? I don't
1: know. Jeff Durbin. You think
0: Jeff Durbin's James gonna White? blow his nose in the live cast?
1: Les Tanner. Don't know him. (laughs) Uh, This is real, This is real stuff, yeah. This is real. Uh, It's also disgusting. (laughs) And I might edit this out. Okay, all right. Uh, Why don't you rebuke that allergy attack? Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so one of the claims that we made last episode, and I think this is a really big claim and it's worth unpacking, is that if you build your foundation, if you build all of your knowledge your view of reality on a foundation other than God's truth, what he's revealed, yeah. it's gonna collapse in on itself. Like a it's, dying star. It's gonna prove itself absurd, yeah. self-contradictory, and, and ultimately untenable because it's just not gonna comport with what we all know about reality.
0: But there are so many rationalists who feel like that's not happening. In that oh way. yeah,
1: it's and I think that's a form of self-deception. It's okay. a form of the way we see sin working on the minds of the unbeliever. I, I did the same thing as an unbeliever.
0: Yeah. Is it possible for a rationalist to live a fully consistent life? Like their worldview says, the only way I can know things to be true is through my reason. Is it possible to live life like that's actually true?
1: Not while denying the God who is the embodiment of truth okay. and who is the author of reason. Okay. And let's let's break that down. Yeah. So there's, there's really kind of three big categories of knowledge that we could throw out there. Okay. Um, when you talk to an unbeliever, you're going to hear moral knowledge yeah like i know that's right i know that's wrong right i i believe that's good i believe that's evil you're going to hear scientific knowledge okay so i believe that uh the earth rotates in such a way and the sun you know is is in such a position that it's going to rise tomorrow in the east yeah that's that's a scientific claim and uh logical or or rational knowledge you know i the the law of non-contradiction is one of the three basic logical laws and the unbeliever just like us, just as Christians do, is gonna use those things. Yeah, These are gifts from God. Yeah. The problem is his worldview, the atheist's view of reality, because it lacks God, yeah. because it lacks the God who gives intelligibility and foundation to all those forms of knowledge, that type of knowledge that he's appealing to or she's appealing to, it's not gonna comport with what they believe about reality. They're actually contradicting themselves any time they talk about how they can know those things,
0: okay, that's deep.
1: That is deep. Let's yeah. let's break that down. Go ahead. What does the atheist believe about reality, about the world?
0: Uh, everything is the result of blind chance. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're we're in a big cosmic soup, uh, yeah. unguided, purposeless. We are clumps of stardust that were formed by the blind powers of chance and and time acting on matter. Yeah, and that, yet from that view. We have atheists doing things like claiming that uh, certain things are right and wrong, yeah. morally.
0: Christopher Hitchens very famously advocating against religion, saying religion is a moral evil.
1: That's right. And so Christopher Hitchens is using a word there, evil, which is incoherent. If you stand in his shoes as an atheist right. and think about the universe the way he thinks about the universe, yeah. he is not being consistent with his atheism. Right. Here's why. If we're clumps of stardust banging around in a purposeless universe, one clump of stardust stabbing another clump of stardust to death is just stardust bumping into stardust. There is no right and wrong way for stardust to behave. That's right. So he is borrowing a concept of moral evil from the Christian worldview in order to argue against it. And in doing so, I think him and many people who, who say the same things are exposing Themselves betraying their atheism and they're showing that what God's word says about them is true. Yeah. That they know God and that they're just suppressing that knowledge. They have
0: an innate sense of right and wrong. That's right. It's malformed because of sin. Of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even ours is at times, which is why we have God's word as our foundation to be corrected by it. So that's, that's how the atheist contradicts his own worldview by appealing to moral knowledge.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, On the other side, you have scientific knowledge. Okay. So you have guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson okay. who says that religion is just this uh, increasingly shrinking you know, realm of explanations for physical phenomena that yeah. science is replacing.
0: Yeah, that's right. We're advancing, we're evolving, now we don't need an explanation for the thunder.
1: That's right, yeah. which I think is a, it's a straw man. I think that's a misrepresentation of what Christianity believes about natural phenomena. Yeah. But more importantly... What he's doing there is exactly the same thing as what we said with Christopher Hitchens in a a moral knowledge. Okay, He is appealing to a form of knowledge, in this case scientific knowledge, that is incoherent if we were to stand in his shoes and think the way he does about the universe like an atheist. He should not be doing that. And he is inconsistent with his own worldview by appealing to scientific knowledge.
0: Okay, so the rationalist. By appearing to, by appealing to things that are rational, is being inconsistent.
1: Almost. Almost. So let's let's keep it in the realm of science, okay. not just pure logic. Yet. Okay, good. So in the realm of science, all science is inferential, which means that.
0: <sighs> I know. Big go word. ahead. I'm preparing go. myself.
1: All science, yeah. all scientific knowledge, uh-huh. takes experience and yeah. observation about the world, finds patterns, and then infers from those patterns certain laws about the world, certain physical constants and uh, rational structures that don't change.
0: Okay. And we do science that way.
1: It's how we do science. We say, hey, I measured this phenomena. I repeated it. It did the same thing again. And I'm going to build a model sort of how this thing called gravity works. Okay. And the assumption there is that that gravity that we're describing with our mathematical equations and our observations, it's going to be the same tomorrow that it was today.
0: And you're saying that a person who doesn't have a Christian worldview, who doesn't have a Christian epistemology can't account for that
1: not consistently okay, and so here's why underneath all science is this assumption that nature is uniform okay that gravity tomorrow will be the same as gravity today, that the yeah. speed of light tomorrow will be the same as the speed of light today, that everything about our world yeah. is is mechanistic in a sense that it has consistency okay. You can't make sense of that if you believe that the universe is a big, unguided cosmic accident of time and chance banging around with matter. There is no rational account to be given okay. for why you can trust that gravity will be the same tomorrow that it is today.
0: Uniformity can't come from chaos.
1: Uniformity can't be trusted if you assume you're in chaos. Yeah. So David Hume, who's a famous historian and philosopher of the atheist variety, mm. uh he's actually the one who i think
0: it's pronounced who Hume,
1: who may he's actually the one who put this argument forward okay and in doing so he he pretty much dismantled uh the materialistic empiricist view of science because he pointed out that like look i can't just because i put my hand over a candle and feel that it's hot as somebody who believes this atheistic view of reality i have no reason no rational grounds to think that the next candle I put my hand over will also be hot.
0: So Hume was just trying to be consistent.
1: He was trying to be a consistent atheist. He said that it is irrational for me and my atheist buddies to assume that this chaotic, purposeless universe we live in will be the same from one minute to the next. Okay. Now, his critics said, oh, of course you can, Hume.
0: Yeah, idiot. Every
1: candle I've ever touched has been hot. Yeah. So why can't I just assume the next one will be? Every time I get out of bed in the morning, gravity seems to work. Yeah. Why is it irrational for me to trust that it'll work tomorrow? And Hume pointed out that that is a textbook definition of a vicious circular argument. Vicious? Vicious. Oof. Or narrowly circular. Ooh. So these... these oh, that's, that's a better way to put that's it. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. That sounds nicer. Yeah, it does. Basically, they, Hume was saying, look, you can't appeal to past futures to predict... Future futures. Are you okay? Did you just have an aneurysm?
0: <laughs> past future. Go. Okay. There's right, a little right. blood coming out of your nose. Right <laughs> okay. Now. All right. Uh, you
1: can't say, "Hey, I can trust in the uniformity of nature," because in the past nature has been uniform. Okay. Because you're trying to say I can trust the very thing that I'm supposed to be proving I can trust in. Just it's just circular. Yeah. So uh, this this just led to chaos in the philosophy of science for the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Um. But there's a really easy way around that. Just like with morality, the Christian worldview can account for there being good things and evil things. Okay. For there being moral truth, rules right. about how human beings should behave. The atheist worldview says that you're clumps of stardust. Yeah. The, a, a purposeless universe doesn't make rules for how clumps of stardust should behave. That's right. So the Christian worldview can account for that. In yeah. the same exact way the Christian worldview can account for our shared trust yeah. in inference and in science. Yeah, why? Because God, who created the laws of nature, upholds them. Mm. We see this in Hebrews, that he upholds through his own power. Not, not like he created it and stepped aside like the God of deism. Right. God actually is upholding the even laws now. of nature, even now. And so our trust in gravity and in the speed of light and in aerodynamic principles and in all that stuff yeah. is a trust in God. Yeah. And what's amazing about this is I've never met someone who didn't believe in God, said they didn't believe in God who didn't also trust in the uniformity of nature and in moral truth or at least act like they did every step of their life. That's right. And so they're showing through their inconsistency that they know God exists. Yeah. And they're just trying to get around him.
0: Yeah. Is there another kind of truth? Moral, scientific?
1: Yeah. There's another form of knowledge. We'd say just strict logical truth. Okay. Logical knowledge. Um, I already mentioned the the logical law of non-contradiction. So we have we have logical laws that are sort of rules about how we can and can't think. Right. And if we follow the rules, we arrive at truth. Yeah. In an atheist worldview, there is no accounting for immaterial, universal, consistent, like unchanging yeah. and binding laws for how we should think. Okay. It just doesn't make sense. It's incoherent.
0: So I say A cannot be A and not A at the same time. You tracking? Yep. And I say, that's a rule.
1: That's a rule. You have to think that way.
0: But according to an atheist worldview, why?
1: Well, an atheist materialistic worldview, how much does that law of logic weigh? Right. How, what, is, what does a slice of it look like? Okay. Uh, can I measure how fast it accelerates? No, okay. because this is not a physical thing. Okay. We're talking about an immaterial rule. And guess what? That implies a structure to the universe or a presence of a rule giver yeah. that atheism it just can't account for. Yeah. So in trusting, for these, in trusting in these logical laws, uh, the atheist once again is exposing his knowledge of a logical law giver yeah. who in his being, God is by nature logical. Yeah. He is the embodiment of truth. Yeah. And again, we see that same fundamental inconsistency yeah. in the atheist or in the unbeliever's life in the way he thinks and acts.
0: The atheist says everything that came about, came about by chance and chaos, right? But the way that they live their life says there is order and purpose and structure.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we we want to start thinking about unbelievers through a biblical lens. I mean, we're right back to the beginning here. What's our foundation? It's scripture. Yeah. How does scripture teach us to think about someone who's rejecting God? Yeah. Well, Romans one, we're thinking of this person as someone who knows God exists and is suppressing that truth and unrighteousness, and that will lead to darkened and futile thinking. So what do we see when we interact with somebody who's an atheist? We see them appealing to moral knowledge, scientific knowledge, logical knowledge, often even doing so in a way that's arguing against Christianity. And in the process of borrowing capital from the Christian worldview to attack the Christian worldview, they're exposing themselves as people who know God exists and they're betraying their own atheism. Yeah. So when we do, and apolo- they're
0: being intellectually dishonest. You're having to get into my car. That's right. To try to drive it into a phone pole. That's right.
1: Yeah. And so when we do apologetics and this is so important, again, we, we talked about in a previous episode, evidential apologetics, yeah. giving good evidence and presuppositional apologetics, kind of getting to the root of our assumptions. This is where, Presuppositional apologetics is so important. Yeah. Because I'm not going to go into an interaction with somebody who's an unbeliever and allow them to dictate the epistemic groundwork that we both have to stand on. Okay. So if you're that's, an atheist, that's
0: a lot. Break it down. Let's break it down. If you're an atheist yeah.
1: and we start talking and you say, well, I know something's true or something's not true based yeah. entirely on my own powers of reasoning. Yeah. Do I have to play by those rules? You shouldn't. I shouldn't. Yeah. Right. And this is where a lot of Christians, especially who Christians who are strong in evidential apologetics go wrong yeah. is they'll step into the conversation, setting aside their Christian foundation, yeah. setting aside God's word as the ultimate standard of truth. And they'll start to sort of play this like neutrality game, yeah. like imagining that we can both stand on just pure human reason and arrive yeah. at truth while ignoring the God who, as a moral, this is a moral issue, ignoring yeah. the God who is the foundation of truth as if he's not there. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. I think it's ineffective. Yeah. And I think it's dishonoring to God.
0: And it's also, not not to discredit any of that, that's why I didn't say but, and it's also intellectually dishonest for the Christian, right? Because it yeah. presupposes that we're coming at this thing from a neutral perspective and we're not, right? The unbeliever is coming at it with hostility even though they may claim grounds of neutrality, there is hostility, darkened thinking. That's right. For Christians, there may be remnants of darkened thought, but we are coming at it with a bias of uh, a renewed mind and uh, the supremacy of Christ in our thoughts.
1: That's right. And We talked about, too, how there is no neutrality. Right. So when you choose your... There's epistem- no Sweden. There's no Sweden. There's no Finland. <laughs> there, and, yeah, in the world of theological debate and discussion, there is no neutrality. Okay. And, and And in life, there's no neutrality. As soon as you... Claim to know something. You have a foundation for how you know you can know. You have made assumptions about reality and everything you experience and learn and hear and do will be filtered through that assumption. Yeah. And you're no longer neutral. And so the question is, did you get your assumptions right? You're starting assumptions about yeah. how you can know. And if your assumptions reject the God who makes logical knowledge, scientific knowledge, moral knowledge, and all those other forms of knowledge coherent yeah. and intelligible... That's a really good indicator that you're not right. Yeah. Final thoughts? I want to hear about what book we have. Uh, oh, yeah. So before we do that, okay. next episode, I want to try and get one more out of this topic. I think we need to talk about how the Christian can have certainty and have trust in the foundation of God's Word. Okay. Because there's some right ways to look at that and there's some wrong ways to look at that.
0: So you're talking with an unbeliever and you say, well, God's Word says, and he says, well, why, why does God's Word... Why, why does that? Why does your Bible seem to have the authority? Yeah, how
1: do you know that God's word is true?
0: Right. And then you say, well, we have 5,000 manuscripts of the New Testament. If you look at Homer's Odyssey, there's only like 30.
1: So what would that be an example of?
0: Evidential apologetics.
1: And it would also be an example of standing on human reason well, as it, an ultimate foundation. You didn't let me finish, Russell. Oh, okay. Okay. Ah. Oh, sorry. There's more, Cut, more to come. Edit. No, okay. Mordecai. More to come. Yeah. So book. Book you should read.
0: Is, just so you know, Mordecai <laughs> is actually the plural of Mordecai. <laughs>
1: This uh, this book has no cover. I'm not sure what happened to it. Uh, This is, if you can read, Pushing the Antithesis. And this is by the late Greg L. Bonson. This is his... uh, Basically, it's an apologetic methodology. And Greg Bonson, more so than a lot of other apologists does a great job of breaking down how to think presuppositionally okay how to think about epistemology and christian knowledge Okay. he has a very very strong argument uh for what we've been talking about here that the christian epistemology is the only one christians should and can stand on yeah and how anybody who builds their knowledge on anything else it will crumble it will show in the cracks the contradiction between truth and what they claim to believe yeah Good book. Highly recommend it. I don't even know. I don't know who prints this. Find it on eBay. That's where I got mine.
0: Really? Yeah. Or Amazon? Maybe not. Eh,
1: Maybe. It might be on Amazon. All right. That's all we have for today's episode.
0: That's it. Again, once again, if you can count how many sniffles I had during this episode, we will send you a free copy of... My notes. Your notes.
1: Uh, Thank you for listening. Follow us on iTunes, Podbean, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook, and Twitter. That's right. And we'll catch you next time.
0: Make sure to leave a snarky comment. Or review. On the post. Yeah. Bye.